0: The Christmas shopping done. Good. How many people want to help me with mine? Good deal. That's good. Hey, I tell you what, I hope that you guys are out and, and being able to share a few things. I saw something come up on my YouTube feed and it was just so amazing. This is something that would happen to me. There was a lady and she had got back to her car and she was just sharing about, you know, just a Christmas cheer and everything. And she had went into one of the straw. I think she was at Wawa. She's going in and she saw somebody had a bunch of ginger ale and stuff. And she says, you know what? I'm just feeling it today. I'd like to buy that for you. And so she goes in, some of y'all are already laughing at it. And, and she goes, let me just pay for that. And that's good. And as she comes out, she sees somebody cleaning the window of her car, you know, just, just clearing the front of her windshield and everything. She's like, oh, this is, a, this is amazing. And she walks out and she goes there and she says, I just love this time of year, everything, and hugs the guy. And says, I just appreciate this so much. And as she lets go of him, she turns around and realizes it's not her car. It's his car, and <laughs> she said, she said, I, I just got in my car. It's <laughs> so the guy standing there going, <laughs> you know, we have those moments as Christians, right? We, it's, man, we're all excited and everything, but I, I still think that's on a good note, you know what I mean, uh, in, encouraging folks. I know that guy's probably thinking, well, man, maybe I ought to do some other people's windows or whatever. You know, I was just sitting there thinking as I unfold that, you know, a lot of times we spend so much time looking in the rear view. I said, looking through the windshield, you've heard me talk about that a lot. This time of year, we can find ourselves looking in the rear view of, of things that maybe that didn't go our way. Or maybe things didn't turn out in the time frame that we wanted and things like that. But be of good cheer. There's a reason why the windshield's bigger. We're moving forward. So be encouraged with that. Everybody say amen to that. We're ready to move on. Good. Just a little something to kick it off. Well, today we're going to be talking about being entrusted. And I said, man, it's a glorious a glory." We're getting ready to roll into celebrating the birth of Christ. But how many do y'all celebrate that all year long? There's like 364 more days that we could tell people about Jesus, right? Anybody been sharing Jesus this week? Oh, yeah, I love it, don't you? I mean, it's never a bad time. I've never found a bad time to tell somebody about Jesus, have y'all? It's never a bad time. But, you know, uh, we're going to be sharing about a lot of different things that the Lord's been showing me this week. So I I think as we get ready to to dive into this, I know that... um, This time of year can be difficult for folks. You know, a lot of times we think about loved ones that we've lost and different things. I'm here to encourage you. That's why we do what we do, that we tell people about Jesus. So when we do have a loved one or even ourselves, take our last breath here, as Miles many times has said, we take our first breath with Christ. When we put our faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, we know that we are secure in him for eternity. And I tell you what, you don't have to wait till you take your last breath to start being blessed by that. You can do it right here and now because God's entrusted us with that message. And so as I read through a few notes here, I just want to share this. Uh, I ask you guys, how how many times have you been sharing your faith? I hope it's each and every day, each and every time God nudges you. I want to jump in and just ask you a question. God's entrusted us with an amazing message, the gospel. But what message are you sharing? Because here's the thing. We're sharing a message regardless. Hopefully, we're representing Christ. And we're going to be digging into it a little deeper. But I just want to kind of set the stage. And I want to read the scripture I got selected. If you got your Bibles with you today, we're in First Thessalonians uh, 2 and 4. got a lot of scriptures you guys can write down on your handouts. But here it goes. I want to read this here. And it says, For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Now, I'm going to tell you what, you can preach on that all week long and run into the next month if you want to. But I'm going to kind of break that out as we go. But we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted. And our purpose is to please God. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm going to tell you what, sometimes we try to be people pleasers, right? I'm going to tell you what, I can't juggle enough things to make everybody like me. It's okay. It's all right. Because ultimately... It's about what God says and about what God desires in my life. And it's ultimately about speaking his word into a lost and dying world. Somebody say amen. So i will look at a little, uh, few things here today. If you've got your Bibles, follow right along. If not, I'm going to share a few things with you right off the screen. Somebody say amen. So we've been entrusted. Entrusted with a purpose. I said, now, when you, when you think about being entrusted, really, what, what does it mean? You have been assigned the responsibility of doing something for someone. You, you've been put in care and protection of something for someone. I was thinking about this on a drive-in. When I was 18 years old, um, I had the opportunity to work at a guitar shop. I love playing music, and I really love playing music for the Lord. But I'm going to tell you, you're talking about a kid in a candy store. Now, this is before uh, all the fancy devices and stuff. Um, so when you worked at the guitar shop, you couldn't leave. You know, it was when the guy says, I'll be back in 15 minutes, run to the bank. and stuff." it's not like you can do all types of stuff nowadays, put things on hold, have the surveillance cameras and all that. You were there. And so I had a really good friend that owned that. And, he, and, and the reason I say that he entrusted with me with so much. And what that did as a young man, that really made a difference in my life because I was never going to let my friend down. He was taking a big. T- he had everything that he owned. Every every bit of money he had, he put and sunk into that guitar shop. It was the best of the best that he had. And as time went on, he loved to write songs, and he had an opportunity. He signed with a, a group uh, in Nashville called the Welks uh, Music Group, and he was slowly transitioning out of that. So what would happen would be is I had the shop to open and run myself. Now eighteen years old. Now I know y'all can't believe this. Now I was d- stupid right? Ain't got much better now, but God's good, right? I'm just At 18, man, I'm thinking, you know, but I, I thought, man, I don't want to let my friend down. He's entrusted this to me. He never questioned anything. He never, any of that stuff. And uh, some of those days would just get so long. I remember, I think we had like 249 guitars. And one day it was so boring. I said, I'm going to play every one of these. And I went around and played like a G chord, and bling, 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 And just, I'm thinking, he's entrusted all this to me. The reason I say that, it wasn't always fun. Sometimes it was a lull, but there's still responsibility. When somebody entrusts you with something, how does that make you feel? It should make you feel worthy. It should make you feel um, blessed, you know, because I knew that we had to make sales because it was going to make or break him. Now, I'm going to tie that into things with the gospel. God has entrusted us with so much more than a guitar shop. He's entrusted us with the message of Christ. And I want to go back through this and break it down a little bit. We talked about it, but now we're going to break this down. For we speak as messengers approved by God. Do you realize, as a believer in Christ, you have God's approval. When you put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross, he said, you're mine. You're sealed with the Spirit. I talk to folks all the time, and they feel like they don't matter or measure up. Take a look at some of these. I want to encourage you to write some of these scriptures down today so you know who you are in Christ and whose you are overall. Look at this. He says, so we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. What's the good news? The gospel. The good news. There's no better news to be entrusted with. You've got top billing, man. You know, I talk to people all the time, and, and most of the time when you meet people, the next thing out of it, they say, well, hey, how you doing? How you doing? And you say, what do you do? What do you do for a living, right? They ask where you work, what do you do, those type things. And, you know, and I have a job. I wouldn't say I really got a career. I got a job, and they, they, they take good care of us. I've been on the job 35 years. But I'm going to tell you, I'm on a mission. How about you? My mission is to tell people about Jesus, on my job, in the drive through on the escalator, on the elevator, it don't make no difference to me. And anybody hung out with me, they go, oh, here it goes again. Because I am not too busy to tell somebody about Jesus. Because I, I know, just like you know as a believer, if we reject the only way to heaven, guess what we got? Somebody say it. Hell, that's it. You don't have to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to see anybody go. And it says this. It says, our purpose is to please who? God, not people. If you don't take anything else away, you can grab that right there, and that, that'll, that'll help you. That'll lower your blood pressure. So you don't have to worry about Sally Sue or Jim Bob on the job or Uncle Fred or what Mama said or anything else. It's what God said. And sometimes in your life, regardless of your age, and, and if you've got a little age on you, I'll just say if you're mature, how about that? You've already figured this out because you're not going to please everybody. You know, I had a guy uh, a couple of years back. My mom was in the hospital, and it was a really great guy. And, uh, I mean, not many people, doctors, feed your mom so you can go get a break, man. And uh, this guy was just, he, he, he was uh, from a different country, and he was just telling me about different things. And he says, you take very good care of your mother. I said, she's the only one to God." That's what I'm going to do. It's my turn. But something that he saw in my life Resonated with him. He said, you you take good care of your mom. He says, I see other people. They disrespect their family. They do these things. But you, now I'm not saying I do everything right. Don't get me wrong. If mom was here, she'd probably tell you a few things that I could work on. Amen. <laughs> probably a few things I could work on, right? But anyway, it, it made an impact on that guy's life. And, and see, I, I remember this. You know what? I, I, that's, my, that's my duty. That's my blessing to be a blessing. But the reason I said that is, you know, He told me, he said he had like four brothers, and his mother came in, and they were all sleeping in one bed, and she grabbed each one's ankle, and they said, I want you to be a veterinarian. I want you to be a doctor. I want you to be a lawyer, and you to be an engineer, or something along those lines. He said, I got the doctor pick. I said, so what did you want to do? He said, I wanted to be a pilot. He said, all I've ever wanted to do is be a pilot. He said, I've got my pilot's license now. He said, but this is what my mother desired of me. I said, you don't even see that anymore. You know, that's pretty amazing. And he's a good doctor because he's caring. So I say all that is a lot of times when I talk to people, they don't realize what their purpose is. Now, I don't think you've got to just have just one purpose. I think you have the purpose that God's given us to share the gospel. And then God will choose to use how he's fashioned you in that way to share it. With me, it was, I had a big mouth. He said, I'll go, I'll make you a preacher. Good deal. You know, you talk fast, you talk loud. Man, we can get a lot of people saved that way. That's my prayer. But as we go through stuff, if you're here today and you're struggling with your purpose, I could tell you the main purpose is this that you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You can't buy your way to heaven, you don't uh, work your way to heaven, but you do have a call on your life. It's our purpose. To share the good news. We've been entrusted with that. Our purpose is to please God, not people. Let me tell you why. Look at this. He alone examines the motives of your heart. Guess what? That's what, this is a good place for you to say the Buckrow translation would be this. I don't care what the neighbors think. I care what God thinks. As a Christian, have you ever done something that God called you to do that just looks really crazy on the outside? I'm the only one. Come on now. He'll tell you to buy somebody's groceries, stop by, call somebody, pray for somebody, something like that. Or like I won't go into the whole thing or driving home and, and the Lord tells you to go visit somebody in the hospital at 10 o'clock at night and you're like, what? But I'm going to tell you what. When you step into those nudges of the Holy Spirit, you start really seeing the purpose in your life. I want to challenge each and every one of us as we seek the Lord And God reveals something that he has for us. Don't think it's got to be some big grand thing. Because sometimes he'll trust you in the small things where he gives you the big things. Somebody say amen. Amen. Because think about it. If he can't trust you in the small things, why is he going to give you the big things? I hear people all the time say, man, this is funny. I see some of my buddies get say, man, I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you, when I hit the lottery, I'm going to buy you a church. Well, first, buddy don't need a church. It's God's church. Why don't you do this? Why don't you just come to the one we got? we'll go with that. Don't wait for the lottery. Right? You know what I mean? But we, we just, we get some stinking thinking sometimes. Well, I'm going to tell you what, get our minds wrapped around what God wants. Let's keep on going. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for God when we plead, come back to God. Has anybody ever had that person in their life? Has it, have you had somebody, you're walking with the Lord, maybe you chose some bad decisions or whatever, and you have somebody say, look, man, God's still for you. I love you. Come on back. Come on back. I hope that's what we are. I hope that's the church we are. I hope we're that part of the body uh, right there. I said, when you think about this, when you think about ambassadors, I looked up the definition. It means accredited diplomat sent by a country as if it's an official representative. A person who acts or represents or a promoter of a uh, specific activity. Ours would be the gospel. The good news. See, for my mom, I'm a POA. Y'all know what that is? Somebody tell me what that is. Power of attorney. Do you know what that means? That means that when she has given me the power of attorney to make decisions on her behalf when she can't make them. Whether she's not able to make them or whether she's not around to make them, or if she's in a situation that she couldn't make them. I've been entrusted, many of you all have too, It have wills and different things. Like, I've been entrusted to make the best decision I can for my mother. And what I say goes, that'll make you pray. It should. I remember several years ago, her legs were swelling. And she got where she couldn't walk. I said, Mom, we got to go to the hospital. I don't want to go. Anybody got somebody in the family like that? <laughs> my boys got their hands full when I get a hold of I ain't going. Yes, you are. I ain't going. Right? You probably said, fine. <laughs> I said, Mom, we got to go to the hospital. And I said, man, this is going to take Ruthie baby over the top if I call an ambulance. And everybody that's ever sat with her said amen. <laughs> this is when she was in her prime. Just so happens, I'm praying. I'm, I'm on the front porch of my mom's house. I'm going, this is not going to be good. But she's got to go to the doctor. I mean, she's got to go to, got to, go to emergency, right? And I look, and this is one of the great things living in Buckrow. I noticed that there was a whole bunch of crime scene going on, like three doors from us. <laughs> so I used that as my advantage. I was like, I'll just go down here and talk to them guys. I'm like, hey, man, can you, like, send an ambulance over here with no sirens? So I walk up, and the guy, everybody else goes, let's back away, sir. You need to back away. And I see this guy I knew. He goes, hey, what's up? How to be the police officer. I say, hey, I got a little situation <laughs> they got the crime tape going everything else and all this stuff and i am thinking, i hope they ain't shooting over there but i got to get my mom to the hospital all right you can't make this stuff up and i said he goes hey man what's going on buddy how you doing and he knew me from the band business and all this i said uh i need an ambulance he said you don't feel good i said no it's my mom It's right right over there i said but i don't want them to turn the lights on i ain't no problem <clears throat> one out of them 12 one out of them, 12 you know, he's bringing them down there so i go back in i said oh think we're going to have some company in a minute. You better not have called them. <laughs> and as they pull up and get, her, get ready to get on a gurney, she said, I'm not going. I said, Mom, you got to go. And the guy's going. He's trying to be cool. He said, excuse me, sir. You're her son, right? I go, yes, I am. Do you have to have a power attorney? I said, yes, I do. Put your hands inside the ride, Mrs. Chapman. We're going. (laughs) See, what I'm saying is, when you've been entrusted, what you say goes. God has entrusted us with the gospel. Not to lord it over anybody. Not to put somebody in the Holy Ghost chicken wing. But to be used to speak that word on his behalf. That POA was used to say, Mom, you're not thinking this thing through. We need to do this. Now, the reason I bring that up is sometimes it's uncomfortable, uncomfortable to share a few things, isn't it? Has it ever been uncomfortable for you to share your faith? Yeah, sometimes. I got rid of that about 10 years ago. Because when I got a really healthy dose of of studying hell, I don't care about anything else. I was like, oh, you don't want to do that. I'll share another story with you. Every now and then with my job, I have to, to, to update some clearances and stuff like that. How many people know I'm a people-watcher? I tell you all the time. You can take me to the mall. I'll stay all day <laughs> just watching. The only one I've ever seen like watching people more than me is Chris Brower. We go on vacation, man, me Chris. Did you see that? I saw that. Did you see that? you see that? Yeah, I see a people-watcher. Got another one in the brotherhood. I mean, you just kind of like, I wonder what's going on. So anyway, within that, you find out some pretty amazing things when you when you folks. And and I say that because sometimes I'll go to the mall or whatever. Do they even have a mall anymore? We'd go, and Denise would leave me sitting somewhere, or I'd just tap out anyway. I said, Ah, uh, I'll be over here. And the next thing you know, she's like, What are you doing? I was I was praying. With, I was praying with that guy. I'd be right with you. Like, what are you doing over there? I was talking to this person about Jesus over here. You know, it's just another opportunity to me. So no matter where you are, you have that opportunity to be the ambassador for Christ. We speak for Christ when we plead, come on back to God. See, I want people to know the good news. I say this all the time, best thing I can tie it in. How many people have got a good deal on a few things at Christmas so far? How many people put my name on I'll oh, just tease How many people got some good deals? Because when you get a good deal, you're going to tell everybody, man, you ain't going to believe this. They got those smoker pellets on sale for 20 bucks, man. They're usually $40, man. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. I know they got some deals on some duck calls. Bull Island Island calls there, man. But but you share that, don't you? How much more do we got to share about the good news of Christ? How much more? You know, you look around and you see folks and you say, man, I, I know they got some stuff going on. And you look around and you say, you don't try to jump over or anything like that, but sometimes just being available. My last visit to the hospital, I spent some time there and I went down to, one morning to get some breakfast. And there was a guy there just as happy as anything. And I usually start off like, hey, brother, come on, and get you some of you." I'm like, okay, man, give me an egg and this and that. I'm talking. I just want to be with this guy because he's having fun in the hospital. Because I already know there's a common denominator, and his name is Jesus. I said, hey, man. He said, how you doing there? I said, you know what? I know that you know somebody I know. I always did it with that. He said, I do? Who? Who'd that be? I said, Jesus. He said, yes, it is. I said, "Yeah." He said, would you like to eat with me? I said, yeah. We're hanging out. This guy's praying for me, my family, everything else. I said, how can I pray for you? He said, Well, my my wife had a stroke. She's blind. I'm hoping she'll come out of this. God's good. He said, He's got some stuff going on. You would have never known it. See, he was looking past this situation. It wasn't that that wasn't a big concern. But when he was telling me all the things that the Lord had done for him, he said, It's gonna be a tough. God's gonna pull us out the other end. See, he was looking down the pipe. He was looking through that. And man, was he ambassador for Christ? Yeah. Because when, when I finished eating, I was like, I was ready to stand on the table, man, wipe the egg off my face and say, praise the Lord. I know everybody's like, what in the world are they putting that man's eggs? <laughs> it was good, man. I was like, man, I got up there and said, Mama, what was this? it's coming along. It's going good. That's good. You know? But I tell you what, that's how I want to share my faith. That's how I want to be about the gospel. Because God says you're worth it. Let's keep on rolling. 2 Corinthians 5.18. Look at this. And all of this is a gift from God. Anybody got a gift from God? Didn't have to wait in line. Didn't have to do anything. Didn't have to have extra postage. Look at this. Who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task. Uh Uh-oh. Put us to work, didn't He? Of reconciling people to him. Sharing the good news. Oh, man. Number one mission. Is sharing the good news. That's the good news. That's the great commission. Everybody needs Jesus. Is that right? I have found this to be true. 100% of the people in this world and the people that have been through this world need Jesus. Would you say that's an that's a, a accurate statement? That's what the Bible says. I'm just saying what Jesus says. We need him. And think about that. Do you ever, do you ever get on maybe a job or a situation and you just feel like, man, you don't measure up? You know, I work with guys that got degrees from here to Phoebus, everything else. That could be intimidating if you care. I don't care. Right? I think that's great. I think education is awesome. I think revelation is amazing because God will tell you what you need to know at the right time. So don't ever get pigeonholed by your job by your address, by your bank account, by your waistline, whatever, fill in the blank. Because I'm going to tell you what, when you allow God to start identifying you and you identify with what he's done in your life, things start changing. Things start changing. The other day, things was changing. I couldn't couldn't flush the toilet at my mama's house. We got a one holder, amen? It's got to be ready. It's got to be fixed. We got problems in paradise. It's It's 11 o'clock. We have no flow. Am I preaching to anybody? I'm just telling you. I was at the throne. Lord, please, you got to break this loose. Didn't think you'd hear about that on Sunday, did you? I'm just being real. So I called my buddy. He said, is it backing up over here? He said, just keep going. Three hours later, praise the Lord. Lord, Lord. I got people coming tomorrow. Man, so I called my buddy, and he didn't answer the phone. I was like, I need ya." He calls back. He goes, what's going on? I said, the toilet won't flush. I've been plunging for three hours. <laughs> I look like Arnold. You know how he's doing all this? I got, I got a plunger going. I got cramps in my big toe, my neck hurts, everything else, man. I'm like this. I go, how you doing, mama? She says, you all right? I go, oh, yeah, I'm all right. I'm going to get it, though. So I get out there, and a guy pulls up, has to dig up the front yard. This ain't good. I'm trying to help. I got my light. How many people know holding the light is the hardest job? Yeah. Because guarantee you're going to hit it in the eye. And they're going to ask you for something, and they're going to hold it up. I'm sorry. And then you say, hey, did you get, you know, it's the same old thing. But I'm going to tell you what, Jesus allows us to hold his light, shine his light. I'm looking in the hole, I'm going, this ain't good. He's digging, he's digging, he's at his ankles, he's at his knees, he's up about waistline. I'm going, oh, this is going to be bad. He said, I got it. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting ready to get it now. Come out there, my buddy comes over, everything cool, everything cool, yeah, everything's good. All right, uh, what are you? Uh, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Hey, I wanted to cry over a fixed toilet. Let it get backed up, see if you won't cry. But I'm (laughs) I'm telling you, I was so grateful that somebody stopped doing what they're doing, didn't make a big deal of it. Just say, hey man, I can help you with that. But see, when it's my turn, I'm gonna do the same thing if there's something I can do. See, look at this here. It was a gift. Hey man, I'm gonna help you out. You're going through a talk, I'm gonna help you out. Gifts look all different sizes and shape. Don't think that your gift that God's put in you is any less than somebody's that might shine a little brighter for a season or be a little louder for a season. You know, I hear people tell you all the time, oh, yeah, man, well, you, 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 you know, you're you a preacher. You, I didn't wake up being a preacher. I'm going to tell you that. Dana was over the other night, and y'all heard me say this. And I had to ask her while she was there to verify. I said, Mama, you ever think your, your baby boy be a preacher? And she said, no, no, not at all. And then she laughed. And then she, <laughs> and then she laughed. That's right. Thanks, Ma. I love you. That's it. I mean, I'm telling you, you never know what God's going to do in you and through you. The question is, are you available? And that's what this is talking about. You've been entrusted with such a major gift, such a blessing. I'm going to tell everybody. See, you know what? I'm I'm going to tell you, it's never a bad time to share the good news. Jesus made it possible. We've got a task. We've got a purpose. We've got a job. Here's the thing. we got to give account for that. I've mentioned this many times. I've sat with people on their last breath. It goes with the territory. Everything else. I have never ever had somebody in my 21 years of ministry say, Hey, excuse me, could you bring me my checkbook? I just want to look at it one more time. Hey, excuse me, could you bring me all my trophies? I want to look at it one more time. Hey, hey, what would the market do today? I've never had anybody say that. They want to know more about their Lord. They want to spend time with their family. And see, this is what, what I've said with people. I said, teach me. Teach me, show me, what can, I, what can you teach me from going through this situation right now that will help me and help somebody else? One of the main themes that people have told me when they're getting ready to graduate to glory, I wasted so much time on stupid stuff. I'm telling you, so much time. You think about this with church. At the most, you're be here two hours. That's even like getting a parking spot, walking in, eating a donut or some candy or something like that, two hours. of a whole week? What's your priority? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about a few more things here. Do you embrace what God has entrusted to you? Somebody say amen. I'm going to pick up some speed here. Look at this. You've been entrusted, but have you embraced what he's given you? Have you received it? Think about this. Have you received what God has given to you? You said, what has he given to me? Eternal life. He has it available for you. He said, while you're yet sinners, Christ died for you. Don't think you got to clean up, get smart enough, be pretty enough, go to church enough, anything else. He says, I got it for you right now, right here. Would you receive it? Would you put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross? Do you realize that all of sin comes short of the glory of God? Would you trust God with your eternity? That's the whole message. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Now, I know... That many in this room and many will be watching, and even myself, have done that. But then I live a life at times that doesn't represent that. Do you worry? Are you bitter? Do you hold on to that? The woulda, shoulda, coulda's? Worry, worry, worry. Oh, I'm worried. I'm so worried I've got to find something else to worry about. It's crazy. You know what? Have you received and embraced what God's done for you? Look at this. I wanted to get to this right here. So what's your number one priority? What did you think about? It? You mean I've to shout it out or not? For years in my life, I want to tell you what my number one priority was. Y'all ready? Me. It was me. Whether I said it or not, I'm sure it probably was. And then I thought, man, I'm really doing something. You know what was my number one priority? My family. Isn't that what it's supposed to be? No, look a little closer. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. As time unfolded, I try to recenter my life daily so that my number one priority is the Lord. Because if I set him first, he will set everything else in motion. People say, oh, well, well you know, i got to have my job. Yeah, who gave you a job? The Lord. Who, who woke you up? So you can get the job. Who gave you the wisdom to get the job? So if you really break it down, it always comes back to that. And it's going to show in your actions, in your service, and your giving, and your going. See, this is what I think is kind of amazing is you hear people all the time say, oh, man, yeah, this is what, you know, I'm on fire. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this for the Lord and everything else. And, And they just burn out. See, you got to keep stoking that fire. you got to be around other believers. you got to be digging in God's word. You need to be spending time with God. When I say you, I'm saying me. Can anybody else tell when they start drifting a little bit? Oh, it don't take long. Sin does not have to come in a 55-gallon drum. I've been saying it for years. It'll come in a little bit at a time. Next thing you know, you're going, man, how did I get over here? Wow. Wow. Aren't you glad God still take you back? This ain't nothing like what I wrote down. Gotta do that to you sometimes. You take all your notes you want, but he's got something bigger and better. So I, I pray today as we spend a little time together that we take a little spiritual inventory. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Is what a priority is for God? Is that a priority for you? Simple questions. You ain't got to raise your hand. God will, God will walk you through that. There's some days I do a lot better than other days. I'm just being honest with you. How about y'all? Some days I'm like, man. I'm hanging in there, and there's other days I'm going, I'm hanging out there. I'm hanging out there. Lord, I need you to bring me back in. But God's so gracious. What about this? How about your life in review? You say, what are you talking about, Des? We're in December 2019, right? Almost the end of the year. What promises did you make to God in January and yourself or whatever that you're going to do, going to be, going to have, going to do, whatever it is. Because anybody set goals? Because I can tell you what, if you don't, you won't ever reach them. You need to set some goals. Jesse's taught me that over and over. He writes them down. He makes a list every day, man, what's he going to do, what's happening, what's going on. He's got a plan of attack. He's got a plan of attack when he's going to do something. That's how he gets so much done. He did not get that from me. But I'm learning from him. I see it working. I see, I see, you know, this is, if I want to be here, I got to do this now. If I want to lose 20 pounds, I need to do some pushaways, whatever the case is. So I'm saying when you look at your life and review, what has God said in your heart for the up and coming future for you to make course corrections now? We're always making course corrections. It's choices. That's the whole thing. I'll put it this way. I said what you embrace is what you become. You've heard this too, what you tolerate is what you'll end up dealing with too. If you let things just go and go. Anybody ever seen anything get better by letting it ride? And it just gets a little bit bigger, then you kind of over here, and it's getting bigger, and then it's over here, and it's getting bigger, and then you finally say something to somebody, and you go, well, why didn't you say something? I'm thankful that I got friends. They're not real big on letting things go. <laughs> They'll be like, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? Uh that right there, that bugs me. I can live with that. As I say, I don't like plastic, you know? What you see is what you get. Hey, you could be loving. You could be that. And a lot of times it's just miscommunication. But the whole thing is, when we look at our life, have you sat back and thanked God for what he's got you through and where he's carried you? Man, hey, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. And God's faithful enough to still be with me. I probably couldn't say that again, so I hope you all got it that time. But I'm going to tell you, it's not done yet. He's still molding. He's still working. You know? I've told you all this before. A lot of times I go to sleep at night. Maybe that's why I stay up so late. I got my day in review. I'm thinking about my day and I'm thinking about this and, and did I say this and should I have done that? And Lord, help me with this and all that. And then next thing you know, it's like, man, I should have probably said that different or whatever the case. Because I want the Lord to refine my life to look more like Jesus. That's my desire. That's my desire. Sometimes it doesn't look real good. Now, you might get some other folks up here preaching, telling how good theirs is. I'm just going to tell you how good my God is. How about that? If you're going to boast in anything, boast in Jesus. Nobody can top that. There's people who got a better football team than you, faster car than you, more money than you. But if you got Jesus, you got it all. I just want, to hear, I want you to hear that today. But you know what? Why not invest in what he's, he's doing why not be a part of what he's doing? Share the message. Encourage somebody. It don't cost a thing to encourage somebody. Isn't that something? You would think sometimes that somebody's taking, taking money out of their pocket to give somebody a compliment. Yeah, well, your hair looks good. Yeah, that's all right. Well, Yeah, I guess that chicken sandwich wasn't that bad. You know what I'm saying? I'd just rather just say, hey, man, that's awesome. That's good. I'm not saying lie about it. I'm just saying just tell her what it is. Because I'm going to tell you what. When my mother-in-law calls me around lunchtime, she says, what are you doing? I'm thinking, I'm heading to your house. (laughs) Well, I made an extra bread pudding for the boys. I said, well, why'd you have to say that? Because I thought it was for me. But if you got a chance, if you can swing by, I'm like, I'm passing Mama Mia's right now. I'm getting ready to pull in there. She got, oh, it's still warm. And I got some plates and I got some bowls. And the guys are riding with me and say, we're going to grandmama's house. Everybody calls my mother-in-law grandmama. Even at work, they go, did grandmama make that? They will stop work if I bring food back, man. they would be like, oh. Had a guy the other day said, do you got a sister-in-law? I said, yeah. He said, is she looking for a man? I said, no. He said, man, I love your mother-in-law's cooking. Hey, that's a true story. He said, I love her cooking. We embrace grandmother's cooking. It's good. But I tell you what, you know, I, I love to laugh and, and share a little bit. But how often do you give somebody a compliment? That's not even in the notes. Here's one Do you embrace a compliment? We talked about this sometime. Hair looks nice today. Well, I had such a hard time to do this, and well, it's kind of unrolling over. It. Just say thanks. Okay, people say thanks. Cause I'm gonna tell you what if you tell me something good, I'm gonna say thank you. That's good. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wait for you to change your mind. I don't wanna say, well, that's really nice, but I'm gonna already grab that compliment and embrace it. Hey, how you doing today? You look like you're having a good day. I am. Thank you. That's good. Because they might change your mind. People are fickle, boy. People change their mind in a minute. But God never changes. Aren't you glad? Oh, man, I'm so glad that he loves us like he does. Look at this here. Psalm 39, 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. Anybody praying that today? Watch your toes if you do. Because God will honor that. Think about that. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. That's putting the rubber to the road right there. Are we saying, Lord, you know, I just want what you want. This right here, we can say a lot of stuff, but if it doesn't match the walk, people don't want to hear it. People don't want to hear it. Don't talk me to death. Your brother used to say that all the time, Gerald. He used to say, he said, hey, man, and we, we'd be playing music. Me and Mick was playing music and all that. And he said, hey, man, it's time for y'all to play. I said, well, we just going to take a little break. He said, don't talk me to death. Get on up there. Come on, let's get it. Bring it on. He's a softball baseball guy. He, 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 he'd have you running laps if you end up. Come on, man, let's get it. He's excited about the things that he cares about. He's passionate about the things that he cares about. What are you passionate about? Is it the gospel? Man, I know what I was going to tell you earlier the security cleaner thing. Thank you, Lord. I'm about four stories behind. But it's coming back around. It's coming back. Hold on, baby. It's coming back around. But I had to do an update on my security clearance. And this lady, was talking about people watching. She was watching and everything. And they asked me all these things like, do I beat my wife? And do I scream? And do I kick my dog? And all these different things. And then, then they said, if we ask your neighbors, would they say the same thing? I said, if they don't lie, they would. So all this going on. But see, meanwhile, I'm watching her when she's talking. And she's doing this. Um, Mr. Chapman, um, such and such and such. I said, Oh, you got a headache, don't you? Yeah. So, anyway, I'm getting ready to finish up. And I said, Ma'am, can I ask you a question? She said, Yeah. I said, Is your head hurt? She said, Yeah. She said, How'd you know? I said, Well, you you touched your head three times on this side and keep looking like this. I figured something's going on there. She said, I've got the worst headache. I got a doctor's appointment when I leave here. I said, would it be all right if I prayed for you? You don't usually pray for the FBI guy to shaking you down, or gal. I got to share Jesus right on the job, right there. That's it, I said, well, I'll tell you what, let me do it. I said, Lord, in Jesus' name, I, ask you to, I just pray for my sister, Lord. I ask you to be with the doctors, everything. So I'm walking out, and she's going, thank, thank you. Th- thank you. What just happened? See, because that's bigger than the job. That's bigger than the clearance. That's bigger than the paycheck. Nothing's bigger than God. And so while I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, well, how can I be a blessing? And they basically put you under the microscope. It's not real fun. But I'm still thinking, I said, man, you know what? I see God working in here. God is moving up in here, right? See, and the more you keep looking for that, the more God will show you. But see, I could have said, well, why she asked me that? Why are they asking me all these questions? Who do they think they are? I was just thinking, just give me a doorway for Jesus. I'm jumping in. That's it. People say, oh, it's, oh buddy, it's easy for you to share Jesus because you played a guitar. If I heard that once, I heard it a million times. I, tell, I said, it's not a guitar. It's a six-string crowbar. I just use it to open up the door to tell them about Jesus. What crowbar did God equip you with? Maybe it's your job, maybe it's your gifting, maybe it's your smile, maybe it's your listening. Maybe it's your business, maybe it's your retirement. I don't know what it is, but God has given you something in your Holy Ghost arsenal to be a blessing to somebody. Somebody say amen. That's what God has called us to do. Are you going to embrace it? Lord, search our hearts and show us how you want us to be used. Everybody doing good? All right. Home stretch. Because we've been empowered. Look at this. First Peter 4.11, if anyone speaks, he should speak as one conveying the words of God. If anyone should serve with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. I've never seen that stitched on a pillow, have you? See, because we make it about us. I'm going to preach through this. See, I'm just going to, for you guys to just start coming here, if I got it underlined, you're going to get it twice. I'm just going to let you know. So look at this. If anyone speaks, he should speak as one conveying the words of God. That's a tall order. In other words, you're ambassador for Christ. There's people that are looking to you because you say that you're a believer. They want to see what you believe. They want to see how you handle your your situation. They want to see how you handle your kids. They want to see how you handle your finances and everything. And I pray that it's glorifying God. If anyone serves, he should serve with the strength God provides. If you're serving, I'm preaching to me. If you're serving and you're wore out, you're probably doing it in your strength. Might help somebody. Don't mean to offend anybody. Make the course correction, Buddy Chapman, if you need to. All of us, right? So, it says, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Our life should be a mirror of Christ for everybody else to see. To be a reflection of the Father. And I'm going to tell you what, as big as I'm getting, I should be able to radiate a whole bunch For Jesus. Amen. You're supposed to laugh there. supposed to laugh there. But I'm going to tell you what. As we go through. Realize you don't have to do it in your own strength. We've got God's word on it. Look at this. 2 Timothy 3.16 says. All scripture is inspired by God. And useful to teach us what is true. And to make us realize what is wrong in our life. It corrects us when we are wrong. And teaches us to do what is I put it this way, the word of God is not designed to beat you up. It is, uh, was given to build you up. Has anybody in their years of walking with the Lord found by following God's precept that it's, it's worked against them? It hasn't worked against them, has it? It might not be as quick as you want it. It might not be as comfortable as you want it. But it's going to be as good as it gets. You will never go wrong following what God has laid out for us. It might not be peaceful all the time. In the midst of it, he'll give you inner peace. It might not be pretty all the time. Because sometimes you've got to say no. You ever went with the crown and then you say, whoa, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to stand for what you've got to stand for. Are you standing for what God has placed in your heart? Are you standing on his word? Look at this. He said, it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our life. God's not trying to beat you up. He's trying to build you up. See, I think a lot of times when I was growing up and I'd watch some preaching, I felt like they were trying to beat me down. I'm not trying to beat anybody down. I'm trying to lift you up. I'm trying to point to Jesus. I want to tell you the good things that are going on in your life, even in the midst of the storm. How many times we, we see this in our life, we've got to be careful. we got to rehearse the hurt. Well, this happened and that happened. I have had a crazy few months. But I'm going to tell you what I've also had. It seems like everything (coughs) that has went wrong, before I could even go, oh, something, God has pulled something out good about it. Go back to the bathroom. No flow. We got flow. Praise the Lord. Now, when y'all go out to lunch today, they just say, what did he preach on? They said, I think he's talking about plumbing. (laughs) I tell you what, I'll share this plumbing story with you, and I'll I'll, I'll back away after that. Why is it when you buy a house, see if this is true, when you leave your house and you buy a new house, the plumbing messes up in your old house, and you go to the new house, and the plumbing's messed up there. I ain't never seen nothing like it. We move. I finished the plumbing problems at the old house. We moved to the house. Plumbing problems. Well, y'all know, and most of my buddies know, it's probably just better for you to come help me early. It's going to take you longer to help me later. <laughs> they finally learned that. Anyway, I get under there. First thing I did, I went to turn the water off. So I turned the water off, and it, I said, well, I, just, I, got a, I got a pipe wrench. I went around like that, and I snapped that doggone thing right on off. It looked like a Twizzler stick on the other end. I had bent the copper tubing around there so tight, pinched it off like a Twizzler stick. I said, that ain't good. And that wasn't even the problem. That was the hose I was supposed to be working on the drain. I get under there, and I get this piece of pipe out. And I'm sitting on a swing in my backyard, and it's got all this crud in there. Cut this out and everything. And I'm looking, I said, Lord, I hate plumbing. I've always, I, I always got to mess with plumbing. Right, I'm just. Uh, i uh, You know, I'm going to go to Taylor's 18 times. If I go to Taylor's three times on a plumbing job, I'm thinking victory. The lady said, "Oh, did you get everything?" I said, "Probably not. I'll be back. I'll be back again. It it never fails." So I'm out there looking through this thing, and I'm spraying it and everything else, and the Lord just speaks in my heart, and I'm whining, and the Lord shows me, that's what your life looked like before. It was clogged up with selfishness, hate, worry, everything else. I pulled the other piece. He said, but that's what you have in me now. I am sitting in my chair out there, my little swing, crying like a baby with plumbing parts in my hand because God done showed me something big. See, what he's shown me is this, that we get clogged up on things of the world. We get clogged, clogged up with all this mess. But God says, I'm here to wash you clean. I'm here to make you new. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, the old is new. Whatever it is, I'm all over the board with that. The old is washed away, the new is come. But I'm going to tell you what. I get so overwhelmed by the grace of God sometimes I can't even see straight. How about you? In the, in the midst of things that we do and say and drop the ball and everything else, God still says, I love you. Come on back. He empowers us to be his people. Look at this. I'm going to tell you what you got his guarantee on. I'm going to bring it home. Ephesians 1.14, look at this. It says, the spirit is God's guarantee. Somebody say guarantee. I like that. That he will give us the inheritance he promised. And that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Man, right there, if you can't shout about that, I don't know what you're going to do. Look at that. This is what God says. He gives us the spirit as a guarantee. You're not alone. When you call on the name of Jesus and God says, hey, you know what, you're mine. He seals us with his spirit. We are secure in Christ. You can't undo what God's done. Amen. Look at this. We go on down and he says that he will give us eternal inheritance, a promise. It's ours. It's set in the family. He has purchased us to be his own people. I'm going to be real personal for a second. The other night I was sleeping. I'm not saying a dream for God or anything. I'm just saying this is kind of, uh, this, is, this is why I spend so much time in God's Word. Hadn't been sleeping, lot going on, everything else, just tired. And I go to sleep. And the next thing you know, does anybody know what a shaft alley is? You ever been on a boat? Anybody know what an elevator goes up and down? It looks like that. And in an instant in my dream, I was in this thing. You couldn't get out. And the water was coming up. And I was looking around. And you know what I said? I said, Jesus. Jesus. And the next thing, it went to a very dark area. I mean, it was just darker than dark. And it was just like really, like someone was trying to pull me, just trying to pull my arm, pulling my arm. And you know what I said? I said, Jesus. Jesus. That's the only thing I, the only words that would come out of my heart in the middle of my sleep. And in an instant, boom, I woke up. And I was terrified for about a half a second. And the Lord reminded me, who'd you call? I said, Jesus. I'm going to tell you what, I rolled over and slept like a baby the rest of the night. Now, that might not mean nothing to anybody else, but I'm going to tell you what. Even in my sleep, Jesus is the most powerful name I know. How about you? Even in my waking time, the most powerful name I know is Jesus. I'm going to tell you, I told my kids since they were little, I said, if anything ever goes on in your life, you don't know what to do with it, you just cry out to Jesus. That's where I was. Now, hopefully that'll encourage somebody. It was more to just share about the power of the name. It doesn't matter in your dreams, it doesn't matter. In your good times, it doesn't matter. In your bad times, I'm going to tell you the name above all names is Jesus. And he has deposited his spirit in us when we call upon the name of the Lord. And he is faithful. And he has purchased us out of our sin and set us in the family. Somebody say amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to get ready to bring it on home now. I'm going to read this where we started, bring it right on around. It says, for we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our heart. I pray that something was said today that encourages us this. That we understand that he is the one that has set us on the course. What words are you saying? What actions are you conveying? When is the last time you really checked your motives? Look at this last part again. I think this will help you if you don't take anything else away. I pray there's a whole lot you can. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our heart. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you and I praise you, Lord, today that all all is well with you. Father, as we we come to a close of part of this service, it's really just an opening for what you want to do in our life. And I pray that today, there's one here that does not know you as Lord and Savior, that today is the day that they call on the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of their sin. The Bible says all His sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Lord, you show us our purpose is to represent you and represent you to the lost and dying world. Father, you tell us why we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. You tell us in your word that, that if we confess with our mouth, our heart that God raised us from the day we will be saved. There's somebody listening today or maybe tomorrow, there's somebody sitting right here today that is is not 100% sure. Let me help you. You can know, you can be sure, the Lord never changes. When I say all of sin and fell short of the the glory of God, which that means is, is that we have broken God's holy law and there's a payment for that. There's a debt to be paid. And that debt was a life. And God gave his only begotten son to pay that debt. Jesus came for you. If you're sitting here and you, you feel like you're, you're not worth this or that, you think about what God's done for you. He says you are worth it. If you're sitting here today and you say, buddy, you just don't know what I've done and what I did and what I said and where I've been. God does and he's still willing to extend forgiveness. So friends, I pray today. As we come in specially to this time of the holiday seasons of celebrating the birth of Christ, let him rule and reign in your life and receive the greatest gift ever given. He's entrusted his son to you for the forgiveness of your sin. Embrace that. Don't just know about it in your head. Receive it in your heart. Embrace it today. And I'm not talking about mumbling words. I'm talking about getting right with God. You say, what, what must I do? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If this is your prayer, just pray it from your heart. Not just words, but believe. Lord, I believe you're the Son of God. Lord, I believe that you've died in my place and took my sin. And you laid your life down, Lord. You died on the third day. You poured out your blood. But, Father, you uh, raised him on the third day. The gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, set me in the family. I receive you today, this gift. I turn from my sin, Lord, and I turn to you. Help me to walk it out in the power of the Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. Friends, if you got any questions about what we talked about today, drop us a line. We love you. We'll see you. Share the message. Have a great week. Bye-bye.